While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. So, um, I just want people to know I'm not, I didn't fake it. Really, I still cough. Hmm? I wasn't faking COVID. I still cough. I still um, cough, yeah. It's called long COVID. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah. Um, so, so far, I think, I think it's been a fun show. A couple of, um, things we can talk about, Marcus. It's open phones. So, if someone's got something they want to talk about, particularly, um, we can. Um, what did you think of your interview with, um, how, how was the, uh, Daga- Desaglio last night? It was good. She's great in terms of her, her, uh, she's just a, she's a very, very strong political talent. Um, she's got a very, she's got a very good personality and, uh, she's got the messaging down, uh, pretty well. She always, the, the mark of a good candidate and a good campaigner is someone that always finds a way to, um, to redirect the question to their message. Yes, I agree. <laughs> you know, and she did it really well. She she also had said she wants to come back in again. But without sounding like a robot. Okay. No, she doesn't sound like a robot. Oh, oh okay. I thought yeah. you were calling me a robot. No, like, no, no, oh, no, no, right. no, no, no. She's able to redirect. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. You're the least person, the least robotic person I know. <laughs> yeah. the, um, but, you know, no, she's able to do it. Without sounding like a robot, you know where they yes. where you know what they're gonna do and and how they're gonna you know yeah. bank shot it. She's she's yeah she so she was good. Um, she you know at, at Expressed uh, she's like I loved being in studio with you guys. I'd like you know thanks for letting me call in because we had we had we had made it a requirement during the primary. Right, got to come come in and they did and she was happy to do it. Uh, she's come down to New Bedford a lot and I think that was a good benefit for the region. It was a good benefit for the region and actually a good benefit for her campaign because her, she, I said this to her last night, it made me as someone who lives down here in the South Coast hopeful um, for future statewide candidates that she broke the code on, and you know, listen, I'm not saying the people that live in, up in Boston are, 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 you know, it's nothing, not a negative reflection on them, but that's where all the votes are. So that's where candidates focus all of their time. Dempsey lives in Brookline, which is a very strong boss, a very, it, right. it's a, that's a Boston, um, suburb. And so he won Boston in the Boston suburbs, but Desaglio still won because she won every other municipality in the Commonwealth. The map is incredible, Mark. It really is. She, she broke through. She, she found the, the she found the cheat code. Not literally cheating. What I mean is, right. she found a way to to yeah to win without Boston, and which it was is impressive. It was by um, 
picking up endorsements and utilizing those endorsements to make personal relationships with the voters. Yes. In all these communities, right? Exactly. She was here at the feast. She was here with us on the air. She went to the feast twice? Yes. Yeah, she was at the feast twice. She came on air with us. She came on a couple times, actually. She took every opportunity we gave her to come on. Uh, to to come on and and speak with us and and I again I I think impressive campaigner I did press her a bit on her on her idea that she's running against five candidates and she's like oh I have all five I'm like I don't think you know I was like well if, if I do will you show up and she goes yeah but mm-hmm. I don't we don't I don't think we have the capacity for so, it frankly folks just to be honest with you we don't have the capacity to put those most, candidates most, in. most most places don't most places don't um, also. Some of those candidates, um, I get the strategy. She's trying to make oh, she's trying yeah. to make Amori look like one of the seven dwarfs by, by campaigning right. with him, right? And, yeah, and, and she hopes that they attack him, and it, it's diluted, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But the reality of it is, is that only her or Amori is going to win. And yeah, I don't, that's what I told her. I don't want to. So part of being a radio host, Marcus, as you know, is that. We have to have exercise judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Not only on what we say, but in what we allow on the air. Yes. Okay. It's why when I had Nurse Dan on, he was started with that that stuff about voter fraud. That I called him <laughs> out on it, right? And I thought maybe I wasted a little too much time on it, but <clears throat> I couldn't let him use the airways <clears throat> of WBSM to make an, an, an uns, make make an, a crazy accusation. And you know what's funny? There was a story in the Globe or Commonwealth Magazine. I can't remember what it is. I will I will after, and I'll, I'll remind everybody. But there was actually a story about town clerks in Massachusetts getting inundated with inane right. requests, like the one Nurse Dan was sending out. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And so I and and by the way, folks, I heard from Republicans who were not affiliated with his with any any other campaigns who just said they appreciated I did that because. They're activists. They understand what I was talking about. Yeah. When I said, Nurse Dan, I know you have access to the same material that you're demanding the town clerk give you. Right. But you already have it. But you never even bothered to look at it. Anyway. Right. My point is, is we don't know what those other candidates for auditor. We don't know anything about them. Right. What their stance is really going to be. And I don't want to give the precious time of WBSM and resources to someone who's got some crazy opinions. About yeah, stuff. I don't. Election denial. It's something I thought about for like a minute, and then I'm like, I, we can't do this. Actually, you know, and it's it's just not it's not constructive. I, I do think, again, I get what she's trying to do, especially considering, you know, the Healy can carry the the Healy's going to carry. I think the the lower ticket even if there was strong. There's just the thing is, is the the. Candidates above Amori are so so awful. Let me also say this: they're Marcus. so bad. And 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 you haven't you you, you don't know I'm going to say this, but I think oh, you're going to agree. No, I think you can agree oh, with me. No. I even though I'm a Republican, I would not invite Campbell on the air. Oh, there's no way. I would not no, invite no, no, her on no, the no, air no, 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 because no. Of her performance. She's a clown. Well, her vile performance at yeah. the convention. Yes. The fact that she got in a fist fight when she was here a couple of years ago. And lied about it. To I, you, I think. I've been, yes. I've been yes. writing about her for years. Yeah. I don't think she deserves the same political party that I'm in. Yeah. Or Tommy Hodgins in. Or, yeah, or, um, she's a monster. Right. And, and So I would never put her on the air. She's a monster. But the thing is, is, is Jim Lyons, the chair of the Mass GOP, is... is um, facilitating it, but he was campaigning with her. I don't now, get it. Now, now she she had said, "I've talking to 
I was talking to Jess Machado about this. Apparently, she has said, Jim Lyons hasn't talked to me in a month. And I said, that's probably about five or six months too soon. Maybe a year too I mean, uh, too late. Maybe a year too late. He hasn't talked to Campbell. Yeah, hasn't talked to Campbell in a month. That's her name, right? I'm not confusing it, right? Yeah, uh, Rayla Campbell. Rayla Campbell. Okay, yes. No, not, not to be not confused, to be confused with, with Andrea General, Camp- right. Not, not to, be- to be confused with the Attorney General candidate. Yeah, not to be confused with Andrea Campbell. Right. But Rayla Campbell, the Republican running for Secretary of State against Bill Galvin, she, um, she, yeah. So that's basically what they were. Um, that's that's. Ba- she had said, "Oh, Jim Lyons hasn't talked to me in a month." I'm like, "That's uh, again, um, uh, about five or six months too late right. at the very least." I mean, you should have dropped her. You should have dropped her as soon as she said that vile thing in the uh, Republican convention. She attacked Brock Cordero, who's a friend of mine. But but it's okay. You can attack my friends. But she attacked him in a vile way. You know, you want to disagree with Brock? I have my disagreements with Brock. He knows that. Yeah. But. She was attacking him because of his hobbies. Mm-hmm. She attacked him because he's a faithful son to his mother, who's yeah. a widow. Yeah. I mean, I was so angry with her. And then she ends up getting a fist fight in the liquor store. And she's and, and the reason we're, we And started, I'm not giving her a, an ounce of time. Right, right. And so the reason she, we're, we're saying this is to say that there are serious candidates in this election. There are non-serious candidates. Serious candidates are the people on the Democratic side of the ticket. They're all serious candidates. Andrea Campbell, Maura Healy, Kim Driscoll, uh, Diana DiZaglio. Non-serious candidates are everybody but Anthony Amore in the Republican side of the can- uh, the ticket. That includes Jeff Deal. He's a non-serious candidate. Yeah, right. Uh, yes, He's a non-serious yeah. candidate. Um, so, so, as I told the listeners, I wouldn't vote for him. Right. And I'm not going to vote for him. And November. No, you can't. I mean, like you said, you you couldn't even run a state. So you can't even run a campaign. How can you run a state? So, um, so. So the reason we talked about all this is that I can't have a debate. Nobody will have a debate with with two major party candidates and three other candidates that literally no one's ever heard of until she brought them up. Right. Like and and I get like again, I get the strategy. She's obviously she's a very good but campaigner. Just because we but, just because but that's not but we're not going to buy into it. I, yeah, I'm not right. going to buy into it. Yeah, not, buy like, it. like, yeah. like for, I, I had said to her, I said, it sounds like you're trying to make your opponent look like a third-party candidate who has no chance at winning, which, right. again, smart strategy, but I can't I can't participate in it. And I don't think they would be right to do that to Anthony Amore. Um, I, no. You know, and, it, and by the way, Diana Zaglio, we're doing her a favor, even if she doesn't realize it. She what? doesn't want to be on the stage with those people either. No. In the end, she would... No, um... No, um she, she and Anthony will have a nice debate should they, should they ultimately get to that point. Yeah. Um, and she'll be a better candidate for it. Um, whoever's advising her to do this. But anyway, the point of the matter is, folks, is your time is valuable. Our time is valuable. And just because you say, I'm a candidate, I'll decide. Yeah, <laughs> and right. Marcus will decide. Yeah, I'll decide who's a candidate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 508 is is how you can get in the program. And if you disagree with us, by the way, give us a call. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, well, if you do disagree with us, uh, yeah, well, we, we we there's a lot to unpack to disagree with us. Right. One that Jeff Deal is a non-serious candidate, right? And that is, I mean, if you disagree with us, we'd love to hear your opinion on why you actually think that he's actually even trying to win an by election. By the way, I got on the record on that before the primary vote. Yeah. Because I wanted people to understand that. And I'm, I don't like to be mean about stuff. I really don't. But Jeff Deal is not a serious guy. No. And I would be concerned about the future of the Commonwealth and our most vulnerable population. Among myself, I consider. I'm learning that. Right. And I'm learning. Yes. Right. I would not want Jeff Deal in charge of the state of Massachusetts. No. No, you, you can't. No. 
people, people would hurt. die. People would die because he. I'm can't. not joking about that. No, of course, no. It's it's you, there's there's 209 state agencies. All of them uh, work in a very important sector of public service in the Commonwealth. You can't have somebody who can't even manage a a, a campaign, right? He didn't think enough of his family to have a plan to help them after he lost his his far-flung race for U.S. Senate. Yeah. He didn't have a way to support his family, so he had yeah. to drive... Nothing against a man driving Uber. I appreciate that. But you didn't think you were really going to win the Senate and, and, and bank on that. You have a wife and kids. And he, he also um, he also won't come on... Uh, I'm learning that he won't come on any yes. show that doesn't have a sympathetic audience for the most part. So I don't know how much behind the curtain we want to expose. I don't want to get that much behind the curtain, but what I want to do say is... Uh, what I do want to say is... Um, any candidate request to come on gets redirected uh, here to South Coast tonight. I think everybody's pretty open about that. We're the candidate show because there's a lot to consider. There's equal time. There's right. FCC compliance. And Chris and I, uh, it's just something that we've built this show around is right. having the candidates on. Right. Now, that doesn't mean elected officials and their official capacity can't go on other other programs here. Right. But candidates come here. Right. Now, candidates requests get redirected to me personally. And I always immediately when I get the email, call them back, call those candidates. Right. Uh, and uh, that's happened twice to me with Jeff Thiel. Those they've gotten redirected to me. Right. I've called, requesting to be on. I've called them. Still haven't gotten a call back. Now, this is a market you're going to need to hit if you actually <laughs> want to be a serious candidate for governor. Right. And they don't seem to want to hit the market, this market, in the way that we're making them hit that market. Right. And so... And so if you're not even, I mean, if you're not even willing to do that, right, if you're not even willing to speak with the media on the media's terms, why should anybody, I mean, Maury Healy, I know Maury Healy's going to, uh, I've, I've, I've had acts, I've, Maury Healy's been at least accessible. She's going to come on the program too. I've talked with her comm staff, but she's at least been accessible to me, right? I got the interview with the feast. We talked to her in, uh, when she came to New Bedford a, a few times. So, so the most important Republican voting group that's going to go to the polls is Tom Hodgins supporters. Yeah. So if you're Jeff Deal, how do you avoid talking and, and to he, Tom Hodgins audience? And he won and he won Bristol County by quite a bit. So right. there's there's votes here to be had. I mean, uh in in the Republican primary. So there's votes here to be had for for him specifically. And like you said Tom Hodgins and and even Tim Cruz in uh in our I, in I was our just Plymouth, say that. The Tim, Plymouth County piece. Tim Cruz in our in our in our Plymouth County audience. If you live in Mattapoisett, you know, I was just on Route 6 right right by the Knights of Columbus. I saw the Tim Cruz billboard, right? right? On on Route 6. So and I've seen signs. I've seen signs of Marion and Wareham and all of that. So right. he's going to do very well down here. He has for years. <clears throat> the um, so the idea that Jeff Deal um, won't come on with us, yeah, and he's spending his time not campaigning, but trying to squirrel his way around us, yeah, as if we just started this life last week. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've seen it before, sweetheart. Right? Yeah, we know, right. We know. Once your envelope comes up light, right? Yeah, we know. You know right? Exactly. So. Um, so maybe we can let's let's do this. Let's take a break, okay, and then maybe talk about some more serious, maybe local races. Okay. Well, the one serious local race that there that there really is. Let's talk about the sheriff's okay, race. Let's yeah, let's do it. All right. So five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. So you can get in the program. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Marcus, and I'm Chris. Five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. So you can get in the program. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live. It's okay to call one more time. Call as many times as you like. Sure, Tom. Yeah, uh, 
What I'm thinking is this sheriff's race is going to really push the electorate out. I think whatever prediction they have down here for Bristol County, I think you can add as much as five more points uh, to the people that turn out to vote. Yeah, it would be a lot. And and I think that's going to happen. I'm saying that just from the day-to-day you know stuff that I do, people are talking about that race. I mean, you don't. It, it's like uh, when the mayor isn't on the ballot. You know, there's a, a low turnout, but when he is on the ballot, there's a much larger turnout. And uh, yeah, I'm but prepared. even yeah, there's been a trend. Uh, I'm gonna. There, I needed. I needed clear skies for this, honestly. But there's a trend that's happening in New Bedford, in particular. Happened around tw- let's say 2018, 2019. Okay. The vote in the municipal elections have, ha- has dropped precipitously. I was at, it was a peak at like. 25% in 2017 when the mayor ran against Charlie Perry, and it's dropped to, I think, like the last municipal election was 10%, and even before that, I think, was 13%. So there's something going on over there. There's a reason why those elections, and it's something, again, we're going to do a deeper dive into. I just wanted some clear skies. Martha's Vineyard's been dominating the, the, the story. Yeah, Tom, I, I think what Marcus is saying is that you may see more of a turnout in this region, but it's going to come from Dartmouth, Fairhaven, Cushnet. It's not going to come out of New Bedford. There's, a, there's an issue with GOTV, get out the vote in New Bedford. And it's there's a there's a there is a I think uh, uh, if you if you see a like if you saw a line graph, there's probably a year that you'd see the spike and then a drop. Honestly, the the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying is I'm going back, you know, quite a few years back when when you had uh, the Lala Maki race. where uh, Maki, I I think he he uh, lost a primary and come back and won in the final. I think yes. the vote then was like in the high, like 58 or 59%. Uh, and, but uh, the reason why I'm saying is that activity and the, and the communication among the folks uh, in restaurants and stuff like that, uh, just, you know, engaging people uh, about the election, that this sheriff race is hot. And I think I think there's going to be a bit of a push. I, I could be wrong. Well, I understand what you're saying. What are you hearing, Tom? But what well, are you well, hearing? Well, well, no, you're right. It might be in Bristol County. I'm just we're just talking about New Bedford in particular. What are you hearing, Tom? Yeah. Well, you got folks, and I'm not trying to be partisan. This is just no, what, no, what I'm yeah. hearing. Uh, you got folks that that are going after the sheriff because of his association with Trump, mm. and uh, you, you got folks that don't know Hero that well yet, and are waiting to hear from him during the debates. And they're, they're holding their powder, so to speak, uh, until that takes place. Yeah. Uh, you've got people that, that uh, uh, have put signs on their lawns. I know down here, uh, I, I, I see a, a really legitimate campaign from the challenger. Yeah. Uh, you, have the, you have the traditional signs that Hodgson has uh, throughout the city. And in my driving around, I see that. Uh, but uh, it's it, it, it just... It seems like it's bubbling. You know what I mean? And not sure, too many campaigns have that. And I, not too many campaigns have that. And this one's bubbling. I, I, I'm kind of enjoying it. Cause, you, you know, it's like the good old-fashioned stuff. You know what I mean? I, I agree. And you know what I think is interesting? And, and I talked about a little of this with my guests like uh, a couple weeks ago, Adam Bass. But Northern uh, Paul, Paul uh, um, Haru is from Northern Bristol County, which you don't hear a lot about because a lot of the countywide elected officials are either from Basically, they're from New Bedford or Fall River. Even all of our county commissioners are from the greater New Bedford, Fall River area. Right. So I wonder, and Paul Haru did very, very, I mean, 
absolutely dominated all of the municipalities in northern Bristol County because he's the mayor up there. So I wonder the towns that we don't talk about a lot, like Attleboro, obviously, is going to do well in Mansfield, uh, North Attleboro, Norton. I wonder if the turnout there is going to be higher because he's on the ticket where they have somebody to vote for. And I wonder if that's going to affect the race. So yeah, yeah. the the um the the areas of Bristol County outside of New Bedford um ha- do very well for turnout for voter turnout. Taunton turns out really well. The suburbs around Norton, Mansfield, yeah. the Attleboro areas they have good turnout. Yeah, um, it's typically where Hodgson's been fairly strong too. Yes, and the he has a good organization up in Taunton, but um. It'll be interesting to see what happens down here, Marcus, because you've identified a problem. Yeah. New Bedford has a problem. Yeah. John Mitchell has done his best so far, but maybe he's going to tweak it more um, going forward. Yeah. Maybe it's a to, managerial issue, right? Um, right? The reason why, so because you know the elections results are coming in, elections results are coming in late. The turnouts down, right? They're coming in. The election results are coming in irresponsibly late, I think, and the turnouts coming down. So maybe there's something going on. I mean, there's a, and I think again, there's the elections results used to come out sooner. I think there's again, there's a there's a marker, there's a time marker where we can figure out where these issues started. And not to make it too personal, but Marcus and I were really disappointed. On primary night, yeah, that we couldn't report on New Bedford's results, yeah. Um, given all the time we've put into this show and all the listeners we know are listening, yeah, and and the fun time we were having, it was like the old times, Tom, right? And right. the fact that we were getting Fall Rivers numbers and got Fall Rivers numbers an hour before New Bedford released theirs, and not right. only that, the New Bedford Elections Office. I guess forgot to send the election results to Kate Robinson, who had to wake up at four. Right. Our news she, person. Yeah, I texted her at, at like midnight. I said, "Hey, by the way, you know, I got it from Jack Spillane of the New Bedford Light, who happened to just show up there. That's the only reason I was able to get them is because he showed up there." And so I was like, you know, so I, I basically, uh, you know, I sent it to her, and she was like, "Well, she was supposed to email these to me, or right. they were supposed to email these to me." Right. And so, I mean, at some point. We have an obligation to this community. Um, we have an FCC license, right? We, we, ha- we have a responsibility. And when people are getting in our way, um, it's a problem. It's a real problem. And I'm not going to hide it. Yeah, and I, I don't think you should. I, I, I'm hoping that more people can catch on that, that this program is on. Because then, like you say, the old days, right. th- this is, this, you guys do such a terrific job and throwing down on Thanks. stuff. That that's what people want. They don't want to hear all the name calling and no. stuff that you hear in some of the other programming, and, and that hurts the, the station, in my opinion. But uh, in terms of the race, you know, if they just listened to what you guys have to offer, I think they'll get back on board. I think that's part of the problem. And, uh, you yeah, know, but just to, I, I I do I do agree that. I think there's a lot of interest in the Bristol County Sheriff's race. You know, I, I get the numbers for for my for my columns and, and even the podcast and the ones that have to do with the Bristol County Sheriff's race are the ones that do the best. So I think there's there's definitely well, I agree with you, there's a, second, a lot of Mark. interest. Explain that, Marcus. I don't know if people understood what you just said. That's a very important point. Yeah, so um I have access to the numbers for our podcast downloads and by the way, we're speaking of people knowing about the show, we're doing great. There's a lot of people that know about the show just based on our podcast downloads alone. But I also get the metrics every day for our column uh you know what what our column impacts are like how many how many page hits our our, our columns uh, get and consistently every single day every single week in the last few months at least um the the 
the art, the columns I've written in the podcast that have been aired on the Bristol County Sheriff's race. So that means the debate when Tom Hodgson, uh, the, the debate that we had in the Democratic primary, when Tom Hodgson came in and uh, spoke, I mean, got called out by one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit, right? That was, right? Good radio, that yeah. was huge. Uh, the other time Hodgson came in, um, the articles about the, uh, you know, Nick Bernier calling, uh, you know, basically condemning Haru. All of those do very, very well. Um, so it's it's clear that the that there is a lot of interest in this race and people are coming here to, to learn more about it. So what you're picking up, Tom, is Marcus has the science behind it. it that's that's right. not that's not just you um, imagining it. That that's real. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a good one. I'll be watching it closely, and I thank you guys for all your coverage. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, so by the way, Ted, you know, we talked about it. Ted has, uh, Ted Nisi and Tim White at WPRI uh, Channel 12. They have their debate on Friday, October 28th. So a week or two before, a week before, Wednesday, October 19th, we're going to have our debate, and we got confirmation from both camps. We're going to have Sheriff Hodgson. Uh, Mayor Haru, they're going to be in studio here. We're going to do a similar format. It's going to be from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. We're going to ask them some questions, and then we're going to have uh, calls from the audience in the last hour. In the last hour, I mean, I couldn't get through all the calls that we had right. calling in the Democratic candidates, so I can't imagine what it's going to be like this time. All right, uh, 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Yes, how you doing, Marcus? Hey, Big Al, what's up? Big Al. Not much. Hey, Chris, great to hear your voice too there, buddy. Thank you, brother. Now, did uh, Marcus tell you what uh, I got planned uh, at the studio? He wants to arm wrestle Ian Abreu here. I told him I'm 100% on board with that. I said, we'll get it sponsored. Chris and I will do a play-by-play call of it. I don't want to s- do that to Ian. I swear to No, we've got to do it. And Ian's got to, we're going to do it and we're going to put it for fun, like a fundraiser. And then you just, you know, ask him, Mr. Council President, do you not want to help children? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why Ian? Why are you doing that? To he said Ian? he wanted to do Ian. It wasn't my idea. It was his. Well, I can explain, Chris. All right. All right. I heard him on the radio with uh, Ken Pittman and he kept on saying the words, me talking smack. Uh, just for you guys to know, I am a former five-time New Bedford Arm Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, five years in a row, undefeated, with a broken right elbow, and Ian, a- Ian Abreu thinks I'm talking smack, but my right arm is going to do all the talking. Wow. Yeah, no, we should we should do it. We should actually make it kind of like a, 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 a like um like an event. We'll we'll have a few other people come. Oh, it'll in. be an event. We'll, right. we'll make an event. We'll have so an that, ambulance. That'll be the final. We'll, we'll have a doctor. We'll, that'll be the final we'll event. I want to get I want to get other city officials in here to arm wrestle each other. You know, I think that would be good. Yeah, that would be good. But, but no, no, I'm serious about that. If we can get that here, and we can get it sponsored. We'll stream it on social media. Alert Ambulance will sponsor it. <laughs> I'm sure they will. <laughs> How about? Well, I, just, I just want you to know. Prosthetic uh, Arms of America. <laughs> hey, Chris yes. and uh, Marcus, it'll be an honor and a privilege to do this. This will give my arm a, a fine tune for the ultimate match when I arm wrestle. This guy calls himself Big John. And he is a big man. He does have some big arms. And he does probably have a big wrist. But the key thing is, does he know how to pull? I never seen this guy pull 
in actual competition in a sanctioned tournament. I've been around, and the last time I competed, for your information, was 1990, when I took fifth in the Nationals, when I weighed 248 pounds, I took fifth. And wow. Where were the Nationals? Uh, that was in uh, the Regency Hotel up in uh, off 495 in Taunton, which is now a Holiday Inn. Oh, yeah. Right. And I took fifth place, fifth place there with my father there. And I told him ahead of time what he's about to encounter. Allow me to tell you both. Watch the movie Over the Top. I've seen it. Who has? I have. I came out. I was in. I think I was in high school when that came out, and I went to the theater and saw it. Rocky puts his hat on backwards. Yep. And I want to tell you, I like turning the switch on. <laughs> and I want to tell you, doing that move over the top puts a lot of strain on your opponent's wrist. I do one better. I do a chop technique. <laughs> is there any reason to believe Ian is a good arm wrestler? Well. Or is this just a pure abuse? Well, let me put it this way. I guess he did when talk put, smack, though. Well, let me put it this yeah. way. I can, I can back up what I say. I know you can, Big Al. <laughs> You're not the one I'm concerned about, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, what Tom Kennedy said about the, the turnout being bigger, I agree with him. And anybody would know, he would know. And listen to him. He's a very smart and talented man. Who are you with? I'm, I'm with Tom. Okay. I figured you would be. Yeah, because he's a former city councilor. Yes, that's true. He is. All right. Hey, Big Al, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. Um, I still don't know that I can sign off on, on poor Ian Armbrosting this man. He's a giant. Big Al has a heart of gold. He's a great man. I love him, really. He's like a brother to me. The guy looks... Watches my back, and I mean that sincerely. So, so but but he's an enormous man. Hmm. He's I think you should still do it. <laughs> I know you do. So I'm like, Fondre, I'm telling you, sponsor it. Do you want to help kids? <laughs> I'm wrestle big Al. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, <laughs> we'll do a play by play. Over. It's <laughs> the play. What if, um, should we get back on track or do you yes. want to go? Okay. All right. Be fun to get All right let's, let's go back on track. Let's get back on track. So I do think the Northern Bristol County thing is, is pretty interesting. Uh, I wonder if that, that turnout up there is going to, maybe if it's already high tar- turnout, how it turns out. So might, Mark, I'm going to give you a, race. a fact from going back, having been involved in a number of these races for countywide. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> one of the things about, Upper Bristol County, that is different from Lower Bristol County, at least it was a few years ago, is the voter turnover, the amount of voters who used to vote who have moved, and the amount of new voters is substantial that's, in that part of the that's district. That's what Adam, uh, so Adam, when we had Adam Bassey writes for the North North Star Reporter in North Attleboro, he said that there has been a major turnover yes. of voters, that the demographics of that north that part of the county have changed. So I can tell you that in the John Quinn uh, Tom Hodgson race. Um, John Quinn had a nice mailer that went out about a week. Remember, there was no early voting back then. So um, you you sent everything right before Election Day. J- 
John Quinn's mailer that went out had everyone's name on it, okay? So it would say Marcus Farrow or Chris McCarthy, okay, with your address. But what it didn't have, and he, he'll never make this mistake again, and certainly his brother didn't, it said, or current resident, okay? Oh, no. But John's did not say that. And so people who used to be registered to vote who weren't there anymore, the mailer was not delivered to the current residents. Oh, man. So I'm not saying that's the only reason he lost the race. It wasn't. It, but, it was a fairly close race. Yes. Yes. It was a reason. Okay. And particularly when you're talking, John's very well known in the lower part of the county, but less, yeah. obviously, because he didn't represent the northern part of the county. Um, that was certainly a factor in the race, that there had been so many new voters that the old voters were not there anymore. Yeah. And, and the voters' lists had changed, you know, and um, they changed so rapidly that the mailing, without the additional phrase, which seems so simple, mm-hmm. or current resident, the post office doesn't deliver it. So that was one of the factors. But I know from... That elect that election and, and, and elections since then, that when you go look at the voters list, you pull up the voter history, right, of the voters, you'd see that they don't have any history, right, because they're new, right. Now, a lot of them are in your demographic. They're say males over the age of forty-five. You know they're going to vote, yeah, but they have no voter history. It's because they just moved there, right, right. And um, so, what does that mean? They don't have they don't know the candidates as well, right, right. So that's always a factor in Bristol County, at least it, it has been the last couple elections for upper Bristol County. It's a much more, not transient, that's not the right word. New Bedford has a more transient population. Fall River has a more transient population. People yeah. come and go, right? But these are just new voters and uh, old voters have moved, right? Because you have a lot of turnover in real estate up that way. People who, who have moved out of the Boston area. To, to a bigger house or for their first house, say in Mansfield or Norton or Taunton, right? Because they couldn't live by a house, say, in, in Somerville or, um, or South Boston, right? Right. So they've moved a little further south, the train, things like that. So that's, that is a wild card in the race. 508-996-0500. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. 1420 WBS. I'm Marcus. And I'm Chris. We had such a great lineup of guests today we, with uh, Lisa Kashinsky of Politico starting off the show. And then we had Ted Nisi from Channel 12 WPRI. And uh, we also had you, the callers, at 508-996-0500. Just a bit of a preview for tomorrow. Jake Ventura is going to be joining me at 7 o'clock. We're going to talk about, you know, the Dart- we've talked a little bit about it, but Dartmouth High has that big reveal of the placard that... Um, uh, recognizes uh, indigenous people. So he wants to talk about representation of indigenous people, uh, Indians, you know, the Dartmouth Indians in uh, in high school sports and in Dartmouth particular and the legislation across the state that's going to uh, essentially that that is aimed at trying to ban uh, Indians or any type of that um, that's representation in, in team sports. And we're also going to be joined at 830 by Ju- uh, Julian Sear, who's the state senator uh, from Truro, he represents the Cape and Islands in the state uh, in the in the state house in the, in the Senate side. He's going to be joining me to talk about the on the ground response to the Martha's Vineyard uh, stunt by DeSantis. So, folks, I, I just want to give Marcus a, 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 
a lot of credit here. That's a good get, really, getting Julian Sear. When, yeah. when, we, when we designed this program, one of the things we talked about was expanding our reach down to the Cape. Yes. Because we know the signal is very strong down the Cape. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the Cape this summer. Yeah. Yeah. We know it, we know it we, and we get a lot of, we have a lot of signal on the, on the vineyard in Nantucket. Cool. Um, so, Marcus, for you to get the senator from down there to come on, who I've been watching on all the national news. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, yeah, I think it's, on, it's a real credit to our audience. Yeah, he's been on, he's, he's done a national circuit, um, uh, on every medium, you know, radio and, and, uh, and, and TV. And, uh, I've had him, I had him on my old show to talk about a mental health legislation he was helping pass. And, uh, I, I think he's doing a really good job in the state Senate. I will say, um, you know, he lives in Truro. Our, our signal does hit. Truro. I was I was in Truro uh, over the summer. I was as I was pulling into to, to Provincetown. Actually, I was I could hear Barry Richard. You know, I was listening to to WBSM. So um, it's it's it'll be great to talk to him about again that on the ground response to to um to what's uh to to the Martha's Vineyard thing. And um you know when we think about it, I I, I just just to get way ahead of myself. We think about uh, Keating, you know, Keating told me uh, a few months ago uh, when I had him on that he's not going to be here for the majority of the next 10 years, um, which means like he's got another few terms. If Keating, and he's unbeatable while he's there, right? He's absolutely unbeatable while he's there. But when he leaves, even gonna, if, you, if you're a candidate, the, the, if you give the Republican candidates don't even show up. Yeah, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, especially with the Republicans that have shown up, and and people don't even try to primary him. But you, you got to look at it. Sear is one of those people that could be our congressman in like f- uh, probably about six, seven years. So, Marcus, it's probably going to be one of the most interesting congressional races in the country. Yeah, um, because you'll have. Because that's part of our district. Remember that. That's the 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 entire Cape and Islands. We all have the same congressperson. That's right. Bill Keating, and we're lucky to have him. We are, and, we'll, and it, it's a very contiguous district. Yeah, it's one of the few districts that's that makes sense. It makes sense. It's all it's all it's all shoreline communities, right? Yeah, and um, so there'll be when Bill Keating decides to step down, it'll be an open seat on the Democrat side to start. Mm-hmm. But also, the district does have a potential for a Republican candidate if you can find a serious one. To run to face a non-incumbent Democrat. Well, Politico's playbook actually did say that uh, he is the that's the most competitive for Republicans. If there is one that's competitive, that's right. the most competitive for Republicans is the ninth. And it's not competitive with Keating there. No, it's not. That's the important. No, he's point. unbeatable. So that when Keating, as he's already indicated, decides to you know to retire, you'll have a Democrat primary that that'll that'll have a lot of people in it, right? Because yeah. you have. Potential from Fall River, New Bedford, certainly, South Shore, and the, the Cape. entire Cape, right? So you'll have a massive Democrat field, mm-hmm. massive Democrat field. And then you mm-hmm. may have a big Republican field as yeah. well, because it won't be Keating they're running against. It'll be a freshman Democrat. Right. So that that our congressional district will likely be... Unless the rest of the Republicans completely disappoint, one of the most, which is possible, one of the most. What's Deal doing? He could run. Um, he could, yeah. He probably will. <laughs> probably will. You won't be having anything to do. Um, my point being is that really we're at the center of potentially one of the most interesting series of races coming up in the next probably years. about five or so years down the road. Right. I mean, he, he said 
what he told me was, I'm not going to be here for the next 10 years. I'm not going to be here for the majority of the next 10 years, which means another term or two, which means another two terms. I mean, it was two years ago. Personally, that was like six months ago. Oh, come on. (laughs) Trying to move the clock up. No, I don't want to move the clock up because we have an experienced, well-liked congressman who uh, is on a very important chair and has done well for for our district but you know eventually people do do leave right um but uh, i think honestly whoever comes in is going to have a tall order and it's going to kind of suck to build somebody up from the ground up again i'm going to be honest with you well so we we know that um it's it's very interesting i was watching it happened to be a a congresswoman running for re-election in one of the other states doesn't no i wouldn't bring it up except that she points out she said look when you get in the house you have to be there for a while yeah. to get experience. Because they're running against her saying she's been there too long, right? Mm-hmm. And, her, and, her, and her argument, which is a valid one, is that's how it works, yeah. right? Seniority is key. R- regardless of what party you're in, mm-hmm. you need to be there for a while to really get things going, um, to get to know where the men's room is, right? To get to know the facility. Right. It's why Mike Rodericks does so well in the state Senate. Mark Montigny does so well in the state Senate. Been there for a right? while. They've been there for a while. They've built the relationships. They know the rules. Um, We're going to have Mike Rodericks on on Monday. I know. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, listen, we've got to take this break. We'll be right back. 1420. We had great guests this evening with, with Ted Nisi and Lisa Kaczynski. Who's going to be our great guest on Friday? So... I think that we'll, we'll we'll find a lot of takers for Friday, Marcus. Yeah, um, Hugh Dunn's always fun. The law guy is the law guy. Want I know the law guy's listening. Does the, the law, law guy. guy? If the law guy wants to do law guy Fridays again, I think we, we all really enjoy that. I have to tell you, I'm so impressed with what he's doing now as an attorney in Boston, mm-hmm. um, helping his clients. Uh, Hugh Dunn is really. Um, I'm proud of him as a friend. I really am. Yeah. No, he's doing a great job working for uh, 1-800-LAW-GUYS uh, uh, up there in, in Boston doing great personal injury work. He, do, he has clients down here. Right. In fact, his clients, some of his clients have heard him here on South Coast Tonight. Right. So this is this you. Uh, someone said, is this you on the news right now, which I thought was right. pretty cool. Right. And, uh, and, and, it, and it was. And, um, and, and he, he, you know, he's, he's done really well. So. And one of the things is it's hard sometimes to select a lawyer when you're in crisis and all this stuff. That's why we bring on Scott Lang. We bring on, uh, you know, Hugh Don. We bring on people um, who we trust. Yeah. Right. And who we think do a good job. We're going to have some candidates on, too. We don't necessarily trust all of them. Right. But. We don't trust all the candidates. <laughs> all right. Hey, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for calling in.